today I want to just take some time to try and share with you something that I think is a pretty misunderstood uh, subject and that even some preachers don't seem to be on this, uh, have really got a real grasp of it and I'm hoping that what I say today will be a big help not only to hearers but to preachers uh, those that listen and those that share and those that listen all of us should be sharing to some degree so whatever I share applies in both contexts. In uh, Mark chapter 4 verses 1 through to 20, Jesus speaks about the soil and the, and the seed that is sown, about uh, fruitfulness, the harvest, what we sow we reap. And he talks about four different kinds of soil and that soil of course refers to the heart and that's where seed needs to be planted first before we can plant that seed into other people's lives or out there in the world and it talks about the seed as well as the soils and the seed uh, he, he says very clearly is the word of God you'll see that in Luke chapter 8 I think it is where it says the seed is the word of God and so it's the word of God that needs to get into our soil the high our hearts in order to produce a real good crop and we don't want to have hearts that are just like a, the hard heart or the thorny hearts with all the troubles etc which I hope I can talk a little bit about in this session or possibly a second session if that's necessary but uh, it's got to, the seed's got to get into our hearts first before it can make an impact upon other people the way God wants it to now I know that God's word says oh, my word shall not return unto me void it shall accomplish that for which I've purposed it or I please and so there is power in the word of God but there is so much more power when we understand what the effectiveness of that power in our own lives and through our own lives, you'll see what I mean in a few moments. So the sowing and the reaping. And to help us, I'll just come up with four or five words, five or six words. I'm not too sure how far I'll get with some of these. I might speak a little longer on some words of these five or six words and, and shorter on others. But the first of these five or six important words, they really are important. In actual fact, in some senses, I believe they're absolutely vital. But listen to what I say. You let God help you to, to discern it. First of all, the first little word is the word information. Information. In other words, to be informed. Information, in my definition of it, is in the context of this message. Information is just really a, a, a collection, a gathering, an accumulation of, of uh, um, facts or fiction truth or heresy helpful or not helpful information good or bad it's information now the word of god is full of useful information it's god's word it's god's heart his mind being revealed to us by the spirit of god which i'll talk about in a moment so the word of god is what we're talking primarily about but it's true of all people accumulating information why i brought that word in here in the context of the word of god is because for lots of people they listen to the word of god or they read the word of god and they accumulate some information but that's where it stops day by day morning by morning in their devotions they accumulate some information but I want you to look as I share some of these other words, what's supposed to take place with that information in order for it to be what God wants it to, to be and to do what God wants it to do. So information, some preachers, 
if you're a preacher and you're listening to me now, you could be making some notes saying, I'm getting information here. And so you'll use that information and share that information with other people and inform them. But that's not what God wants to happen. He wants far more than that to happen when we come before Him and let Him, in the listening of a message or preaching of a message, let Him do some what He wants to do in and for, through our lives. So we move from the first word, information, to the second word, and that is the word, revelation. God wants to take the information contained in the Word of God and make it a revelation to us. He doesn't want us just to be informed where it stops in our, in our mind. He wants it to get from our mind into our heart. And while our heart also, it, part of our heart is the mind, it's also more than that. It's our soul. And for the born-again believer, it's soul and spirit. Man is a trichotomy. We are here as human beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. Information gets into the mind, which is part of the body in a sense, but the mind is also a part of the soul. And when we move to some of these other words I want to say in a moment, then the spirit part of us is also involved in it. You'll see what I mean in a moment. So revelation comes from information, and revelation brings about inspiration. We get inspired. Now, some people come to church on a Sunday. They come to the meeting just to be get some, they call it inspiration or motivation. And it only keeps them afloat for a day or two. They want it for the next week. Then I'll come back next Sunday for some more. And some of us go to the Word of God every day. And we with the same kind of mentality. I just need some inspiration. I need some motivation. I need some encouragement. And while the Word of God can do that, God wants to make it more than just information that He loves you. Because when we sin and we, and we break God's heart and we mess up in our own lives, so often we just give up. Why? Because the truth that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's information that warned us, our, our mentality for a while, made us, brought us some relief, but it didn't actually become revelation. It just stayed as information. And people are hearing promises of God, preachers preaching, reading the Bible day by day, and it's not doing much more. It's not becoming revelation because revelation, and I'm coming back to what I'm saying here on, on this thing of revelation, but revelation should bring inspiration, and inspiration is a communication in the context of the Word of God. It's Inspired means to communicate will or desires. And God has a will for our lives, and He wants to communicate that to us, that we know what His will is for our lives, and that becomes genuine inspiration in our hearts and lives. But I want to move on from that little word, revelation, which brings inspiration, God communicating with us His desires for our, our lives, showing us things by His Spirit. Uh, I'll come back to that in a moment, but I, I want to bring the third word in so you can understand why, why I'm, where I'm heading. When we get information that becomes revelation by the Spirit of God, it's then that we receive impartation. And impartation is when you receive from someone else something for yourself, and it becomes part of you, impart. That's why Paul says, don't lay hands on people too quickly, because there's an impartation in the laying on of hands. You receive from into 
I'll come back to that in a moment, but I want to go back to this word. And we've got five or a few more words that need to be covered here. But let me just spend some time on the second one again, going back to Revelation, which brings inspiration and uh, God communicating by His Spirit into our spirits. I want to read, I'm asking you to read your Bible with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And you'll read this with me if you don't mind. Paul says in the fourth verse, My message and my preaching were not with were not with wise and persuasive words, information, but with a demonstration of what? The Spirit's power. Why? So that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Now that's the power that impacts our lives, that imparts to us. And so we go on and read in the sixth verse, he says, For we do not have, and we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this, of this, uh, this age who are coming to nothing. Now, we speak of God's secret wisdom, mysterio. We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. I want to move down to the 10th, the 9th verse. It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no man has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. And then it's, this is what I'm trying to get at. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. Revelation. God reveals these truths the mysteries that while we can hear it and say, well, I, I get that and we don't get it where it's supposed to be unless we get revelation from God. So before we even go to the word of God, before we come to a meeting and hear the word of God, we should have prayed, God, make this heart of mine good soil. Not rocky, stone, hard, thorns. But good soil. Reading on. This says, let me say, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Now listen to this. The Spirit searches all things. Even, once again, the deeper things, or the deep things of God, the mysterion of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him in the same way? It's like, you don't know what I'm really thinking, but I know. And he says, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So you can read the, the, the uh, thoughts of God, which are in this Word, some of the thoughts of God, they're in the Word of God. But that doesn't necessarily mean because you've read them or even memorized them that you know them. So he says, in the same one, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God, who is from God. Why? That we may understand what God has freely given us. See, God wants us to have an understanding that is not shaken. That doesn't only last for a day or two or a week. So many Christians 
They stand on some promise, they say, and a week later, they chuck it up. They give up. Now, when God brings revelation and impartation, it's there. And it's kind of, I want to say, permanent, at least semi-permanent. Unless we really begin to live in sin. Rebellion against God. That we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by who? The Spirit. Expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things which come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of Christ, that we may instruct him? And then this precious, precious promise. But we have the mind of Christ. That's God's intention for our lives. If we really are receiving revelation from God that is actually imparting into our lives, we have the mind of Christ. Now to the degree that we have that, by the wisdom and revelation of God, to that degree do we make our wise or foolish decisions. I want to read to you from Psalm 119, just parts of some of these verses. 119, I want to read a little part of verse 130. It says this, The unfolding of your words give light. What does that mean? The unfolding of your words. It's not reading of your word. Yes, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our part, which I was going to read here from Psalm 119, verse 105. It is that, but it's the impartation that makes it real for us. It gives us the guidance we need. The Spirit of God prompting, urging. Hope I'm making sense here. So, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, that we may understand. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I want to read this a little part of this in the 16th verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says this, All Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is God-breathed, Spirit-breathed. It says elsewhere that men of God, holy men of God, spake as they were, as the Spirit of God moved upon them, breathed upon them. So, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, it's the God-breathed Word in being God-breathed into us that thoroughly equips us. So many preachers can quote so much Scripture, but their lives make almost no impact. Why? No revelation that brought about genuine impartation. Yes, information, knowledge, but the other two factors were missing. The factor of revelation and impartation. So, let's go back to now to this third word again, impartation. The Holy Spirit putting something in us. In 1 Peter 1 verse 4, we're given this from, he says, We've been given exceeding great and precious promises. Why? That by them we may be made partakers again 
of the divine nature. That's impartation. God wants to take his word and help us to become more like him, which brings me to the fourth word, transformation. So we've got information, and information must, must receive revelation. Revelation must uh, move into our hearts and, 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 and bring about impartation. And if we have genuine impartation, it's going to bring about transformation. If we say we've been having impartation and we're not being transformed, we keep deceiving ourselves. We're missing something. God doesn't want that for our lives. He's got better plans for us. He's got His plans are good. God wants us to, to have a fruitful life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says that God predestined us to be conformed to the image, to the likeness of His Son. It was predestined. God preordained that you and I can become like Jesus, that we should become like Jesus. It's all there available for us if we'll just let the information become revelation and that revelation bring about an impartation resulting in transformation. We will become more like Jesus. Now I want you just, if you don't mind, to turn with me to the book of Romans. And the 12th chapter, we'll read verses 1 and 2 because it's still on the same uh, theme here of transformation. But I want to go beyond that after I've read this to the next, the fifth point uh, and the last little word that of those five or six words. Because I haven't spoken much about inspiration, so I'm basically leaving that out in a sense. But in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, you, you could quote it more than likely, especially if you're preachers or have been saved a while, where Paul says, I urge you. I want to uh, stick, I would quote it in the King James, but I want to stick with the living, the New International Bible here and say, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. So this is about me, Dudley. This is about you, the hearer now. And this is about you, the hearer and the preacher as well. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Father, I want this heart of mine, because my heart is in my body, the totality of who I am. I present it to you. I want this to be good soil. And I want this good soil to produce not just 30-fold or 60-fold. I want this, this body of mine to be able to bring them about fruitfulness that's a hundredfold. The most that I can possibly come up with in God. Do with me as you please. I become yours. I present my body, a living sacrifice. I'm no longer my own. I belong to you. I've been bought with a price. I want to glorify you with my body and my spirit, which are the Lord's. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place of God. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present or offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship, or which is your reasonable act of service. And then he goes on, he says, And they do not be conformed to this present world, but what? Be transformed. This is what we're talking about. Revelation brings impartation. Impartation results in transformation. We're changed. 
He says, so do not be conform, conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then, when that takes place, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's wonderful to know this, folk. There's, God's will cannot be, for your life, cannot be improved upon. It is perfect. God will only wants for your life what's best for you. Anything he allows to come your way, if you've truly presented your body, lock, stock and barrel, totality, then everything that comes your way, God will use. He makes all things work together for good. It's good, it's pleasing and it's perfect. I want to come back to that. I was going to do it here when I look at the, the time. I've got just a couple of minutes and I'm going to stop and I'll come back in the second one, second session. But those words, information becoming uh, revelation, becoming imparta uh, impartation and then becoming transformation must result in participation. Must result in participation. Where we're changed, but the change results in us doing something for God. And Romans 12.3 tells us where that can take place. From verse 12, 3 down to, I think it's verse 8. But I'll close with this and come back and finish that point by saying this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, we're talking about participation. We become partakers and partners with God, co-laborers together with Christ. God in us works through us. It's God who worketh in us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We become God partners. God in us by the Spirit. And all the revelation He's brought and the transformation He's brought and the impartation that's taken place inside of us, then we become genuine partners with God, where partnership then begins to produce good results, good fruit. Now I'm hoping that makes sense. And before you listen to the next part of, of the, the, in this little series I'm putting on, I'm preaching here, would you please just read Romans chapter 12, first, verses 3 to 8, and see that that which is Dudley, or whatever your name is, you with God, now becomes it, not just me, it's us, the church. Have a look with me, and I will be back with the next session, whenever that comes on on the, uh, the internet. But God's blessing be upon you, and thanks for listening. I'll be praying for you. And I present these things to you in the name of the precious Lord Jesus. Bless you. Thank you.